right, thanks for checking out another episode of the Thunder Underground podcast. As usual, my name is Trent, and I am here with Jason. Yes, Jason. As usual, we uh, we've got a another good one. I say that every time, but I feel like you know most of these interviews we've had have been with you know people that we're we're fans of, and they've they've turned out pretty good. And I believe this one is no different. Oh uh, yeah, this was uh, this one was out of this world. I mean. It was just, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah, we uh, we had the opportunity to sit down and talk to Joey Allen, one of the two two guitarists for Warrant, original guitarist. You know, he's still there to this day. He was gone for a brief period in the late 90s and early 2000s, but he's been there since the beginning, and he's still there today. That's right. He's yeah. back, and he's been back, and uh, it was good to uh, track him down and uh, chat with him for a little bit. Yeah. And we'll get into all that and talk a little bit about about Warrant here in a minute. But before we did that, we've uh, if you've been listening to us, you know the last couple episodes we've started playing playing a song on each episode from a an independent band that that we're digging on. And this time we're going to play a band called Driver, which is from the Oklahoma area. So that's how they came onto our radar. You know, we've seen them live a couple times and. Love everything we've heard from them, and if you go back, you can also find a podcast that we did with their drummer, Mike DiPetrillo, and that's another good one. And the song that we're going to play is called Cloak and Dagger. You got anything you want to mention uh, about them? Yeah, I think this is, uh, out of the, all their stuff that I've heard, this is my favorite uh, song from them. Uh, they're a great Tulsa band. Um, they, they've really got it together. You know, they've got the sound, the look, the... Uh, you can tell they've really put a lot of work into what they're doing and uh it's paying off because they're getting you know uh, opportunities uh they're getting good gigs uh gigs uh, out of town uh, so uh the sky's the limit for these guys yeah they're they're real like you said professional they real professional in the live setting we talked about that earlier on another episode that they you can just tell the, these guys, they're a relatively new band. They've only been around, I think, a little over two years now. But they're all, all five of the guys have been playing music for quite a long time in other bands. And they kind of just came together to form this. And it's really starting to, I believe, pick up steam. And I think it's one of those bands that, that will go places. So set back and check this out. This is called Cloak and Dagger by Driver. <laughs>
once again, that was Cloak and Dagger by Driver. Be sure and check these guys out. Their Facebook is just Driver Band, all one word. Look them up on Reverb Nation. Buy their music. And if you're in this area of the country, they're playing, actually playing this Friday, if you're listening to it this week, which would be October 9th. They're opening up for Jack Russell's Great White in Joplin. And then Saturday, they're playing in Fort Smith at a, at a bar called Shooter's. And then I think they're playing in Fort Smith again next weekend, which would be the 16th. And then they've got several other gigs I know in Kansas City and in Tulsa. And then they're opened up for Texas Hippie Coalition at the Canes Ballroom in late December. <coughs> so once again, do yourself a favor and check out some more music from these guys. We're pretty big fans of what these guys got going on. Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, they're making things happen. Uh, they're professional as hell. Uh, D-R-Y-V-R is how you spell it. Uh, so do not forget to check these guys out for sure. Yeah, and don't forget to go back several episodes several episodes ago and check out our our podcast with Mike D. Petrillo if you want to find out more about Driver, what they got going on. Well, before we get into to the warrant talk, did we want to talk about um, this past this past Friday once again? It continues the theme of 2015 and the onslaught of, of new music. Yes. I, I think there was right around 487 bands that had new albums come out Friday. Right. Yeah. I think I think that's what it was. Yeah. You literally had everybody come out with a new fucking record Friday. Yeah. Uh, I, still have, I still haven't listened to all of it. And that's like the third time this year that there's been one release day that had six or eight albums that from bands I like. And, you know, like we spoke about on the the Best of 2015 So Far podcast we did in July, most of the stuff has been good, you know, good quality. It hasn't been subpar, you know. I mean, there's been a few, you know, that have been eh, whatever, but the majority of them, <laughs> the majority of the stuff, you know, that we've listened to, whether it be a, a newer band or a band we've liked for a long time, Everything's been coming out good quality, you know. And yeah, yeah. I mean, there hasn't really been a a, a, a stinker in the group, shall we say? I, I don't know if I mean we're we're a lot of this stuff is bands we really like, so we're not going to just out and out hate it, right? Uh, you know. So I mean, unless uh, you know, unless the fucking Scorpions or Three Days Garys came out with a new album. I'm, you know, I definitely not like it. But anyways, I would like to point out that I do love the Scorpions, and they did come out the new album, and it's good. I just haven't brought it up because I knew you would oh, talk shit on it. Yeah, so. see, there you go. Right. Um, so, anyways, you hear uh, that Joey Allen might be listening to this, and he knows he now knows you hate the Scorpions. Well, you know what? I don't yeah. hate the Scorpions. I just okay. don't like them. All right, and that's okay. Yeah, but I true. love Warren. So, All anyways, right. keep going. Well. Off the top of the list, the well, there's there's at least six that came out from bands I really like, and Queensrÿche and Clutch both had a new album that I have not got around to listening to yet. I haven't I heard those admit. either. Yeah, but the other four were Children of Bodom, which I listened to and it was good. You know, it's it's not changing the world, and if you like Children of Bodom, it's like you're gonna like it, right? Yeah. I mean, it was it's oh, not yeah. bad. It's just it's children of Bodom. You know, it's not reinventing anything. Yeah, you know what you're gonna get pretty <laughs> right. much. Right. So not you know not to under you know downplay it, but that's basically 
you know, what you see is what you get from them, that type of thing. And their and their uh, cover yeah, this time around is? Danger Zone. Nice. They, they always do a cover, it seems, of either like an 80s pop song or a, uh, you know, a glam rock or a hard rock song. You know, like they've done Andrew WK and I think, what, Bon Jovi and then, of course, like yeah. other 80s stuff like Jesse's Girl and whatever. Yeah, they've done, uh, what was the one I was just thinking about that I liked? Uh, oh, they did Somebody Put Something in My Drink by the Ramones. Right. <laughs> you know, that was, I liked that one. Yeah. So. And they even did a CCR song, which seems kind of out of place, oh, but it right, turned out they did. good. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, and then we also had uh, the the new Trivium album. Yes. Which is the first, uh, I believe it's the, yeah, he said that on another interview. It was the first podcast. The first podcast. He said that on, he said that on a podcast. It was the first Trivium album where there, it, there was no growls or whatever. Yes. You want to say. It's completely clean singing. Yes. I think, oh, and. Uh, n- no drinking before a podcast for you anymore. Uh, but anyways, yes, this is the first all-clean vocal Trivium album. Uh, you know, there's always been a little bit of clean stuff on all of them, uh, but this one was the first, you know, Matt Heafy really wants to go in this direction, clean singing, uh, and I support it because I think it sounds great. Um, I like his voice. These are some strong songs. With some great guitar work, uh, really uh, intricate technical stuff, but at the same time, uh, it's real catchy. You can sing along to the solos. Uh, that's just a little added, added extra thing. Uh, from what I'm hearing from it so far, it's a great, great album. Yeah, it's more. Uh, I said, you know, from hearing that first song, it's kind of got that power metal kind of vibe to it. Yeah. And in that same interview, he said he doesn't really feel that. But, I mean, at the same time, there's there's songs that sound... It sounds like Trivium. It's got his voice yeah. and that, that, that guitar and drum sound that they've kind of developed. But it does kind of have this classic metal or European metal vibe to it. And it, they pull it off. It sounds great. And I dug the thing from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem with it. It was a good, uh, a good solid step for this band. Yep. Then we've got Seven Dust. Yes, Kill with, the Flaw. Yes. And what are your thoughts there? Uh, I think it's great. I like it better. I mean, I liked the... Uh, I can't really say I like it better than the last one. The last one was that kind of acoustic thing they did, which I really enjoyed. Uh, but, you know, these guys, uh, you know, there's some real punchy, bright, awesome songs on here. Uh, just two that stuck out to me were Chop and uh, Silly Beast. Which is sounds like a silly title, but you know who the fuck am I? <laughs> uh, but there, there's some, you know, those two songs were badass. They had some great guitar solos, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, what could these guys have done guitar-wise, you know, in the past on some records. But at the same time, you know, that was a picture in time, and you know, there's no point in talking about the past. But it just, you know, there's some great solos on this record. Uh, and I'm really happy to see some of that in Seven Dust, uh, because I always thought, you know, that's a band that could have used some of that, and uh, so I was real happy to see them take that direction. Yeah. Which I know they've kind of done before, but I just like that they're continuing it. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's solid, you know, great classic Seven Dust sound, you know. I mean, everything's there. 
that if you know that that you like about Seven Dust, yeah, the the amazing vocals, you know, like you said, the punchy kind of, you know, the riffs that they're kind of, oh yeah, they're kind of trademark riff, you know, and then the choruses that get stuck in your head, you know, like that single "Thank You," you know, does that, and yeah, uh, they're they're great at that. Yeah. That's that's their thing. Yeah, and. I like it better. What I can't remember what was the name of the album before the acoustic one, the one like three or four years ago, with unraveling and all that stuff on it. I liked it. I like this one better than that. Yeah. After two, okay. Listens, you know. So I mean, they're one of those bands I've I've always liked everything they've ever done. Yeah. But every once in a while they do something that is just a step above, and I think this is back to those first, you know, few albums where I was really, you know, just like loving everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, going for the throat, as I say. Right. You think they named it "Kill the Flaw" because they don't like that band Flaw? I I don't know. I mean, I would really, you know, it'd be this would be a perfect opportunity to, uh, you know, you know, take a dig on Flaw, but I don't really <laughs> remember what they sound like. They could have been awesome for all I know. So I don't know. Maybe maybe one of them's got beef with Flaw. You know? Yeah. Hey, we saw Flaw open for Life of Agony. Long time ago at Diamond Ballroom in Oklahoma City. Oh, right. right? Remember I that? I forgot about that, yeah. I can't even remember it. That's terrible, <laughs> and I'm sorry. But, I, yeah. So, you know, the flaw, if you're out there, sorry. <laughs> All right, now we've also got the Winery Dogs had their new album, their second album. Hot Streak. Yes, that came out Friday as well. And I had, like, a extremely... Like, this was one of the albums I was looking forward to the most, like, all year when yeah. it was coming out. Yeah. Just because that first album was, like, <clears throat> easily, I think, I think that was the first, what, two years ago now or three? I yeah. don't know. First year we I did. 2013? Yeah. It came out? Yeah, and uh, that was definitely, like, my favorite album of that year. And this one, uh, I think after, you know, two or three listens, it's not, it doesn't instantly on that level that first one to me but it's like it's still there because the obviously the musicianship oh yeah for sure you know every you know just that sound that they've developed well basically that richie cotson sound that's now expanded Mm -hmm. thanks to billy sheenan and mike portnoy yes but that's the biggest thing for me is it's kind of cool to be able to see that richie cotson is finally starting to get noticed Mm -hmm. you know because the solo stuff you know never really got noticed by on a mainstream level and you know even myself i listened to some a long time ago but just kind of forgot about it you know and yeah. you know after the winer dogs came out i went back and listened to a bunch of stuff and it's like so great like just this great blues driven you know soulful kind of rock and roll yeah and that's exactly what the winer dogs is but just amped up you know into a hard rock setting and this album's you know full of great songs like the the first that first song, the single "Oblivion," even the second song, "Captain Love," and um, what was uh, what was that song you said you were digging? The slower one. Think it over. Yeah, think it over. And uh, trying to remember the bridge, you know, had a has a great, you know, kind of guitar groove to it and everything. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's just one of those things I could just repeat myself over and over that they're just. It's cool that all three of these guys are, you know, at least two of them are getting a second wind, you know, in the mainstream a little, and Richie Cotson's finally getting his, 
you know, his, his due basically. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for so many years, you know, Richie Cotton, it was all about guitar. When, whenever, when anyone talked about Richie Cotton, it was guitar, this guitar, that, but the guy's got a fucking voice, man. Yeah. I mean, the guy can sing and it's, it's not like, oh, he's got a nice voice. This guy has emotion and soul and fucking power. I mean, you, you, I mean, his voice, you want to just, makes you want to cry sometimes, you know, uh, and that's, you know, that's really the key to, uh, reaching people. Um, I think that, uh, this album, I, I think, you know, first listen, uh, I was just like, oh, okay, you know, uh, and, and that first one is just going to be hard to top. It's one of those that it's going to be hard to top, and I think that it's no fault of the winery dogs at all. I think that we, you know, as fans, uh, it just we were so like enamored with the thought of that lineup, and and just it it even just over exceeded all of our expectations. To the point where, you know, we heard that first record and we just couldn't fucking, couldn't contain ourselves. It was just, our minds were blown Im- immediately. So it's, it's going to be, and I think in our minds, and our vision, it's going to be hard to top that. But these guys are of such a caliber musician that they can top that any day of the week on their worst day. Right. And I think after a few more listens, I listened to it today at work, and I mean it's it's just great. It, you know, Billy Sheehan is probably my favorite bass player, you know, ever. You know, after through all the years and through hearing every style and you know and what works, uh, I, I just I really love his style, and I, I can't get enough. I'll go on YouTube and just watch seven minute bass solos by. Billy Sheehan, right, and because it's just amazing, and uh, you know, there's so many elements to this album, uh, so many moods and so many, you know, there's there's amazing songwriting, there's great melodies, uh, there's catchy stuff, but then also the uh, <clears throat> the musicianship is just it's out of this world. I mean, what these guys are doing musically and technically, uh, it's just, it's insane. Um, And these are all well-seasoned players. Um, Billy Sheehan's in his 60s, for Christ's sakes, and they just have a fire, like a new band. I mean, it is on fire. Uh, So, uh, Hot Streak is, you know, it's a treat to listen to. Um, I like... um, how Long is great. Captain Love. Empire's a good one. I mean, it's just, it's insane. These guys just, they just keep it coming. And uh, if you have not gotten into the winery dogs, then you have a problem. I'm yeah. just going to say it right now. <laughs> yeah, you've got two albums worth of amazing rock music to listen to. Yeah. And we've said before... If you have not seen these guys live and you have the chance to do it, do it. Because it's one of those things where it's like, will it live up to, you know, how great these guys are as individuals? And it definitely does. You know, it's like the three guys are phenomenal live and the the sound is phenomenal live when you put them together. It's just, it's perfect, you know. 
Yeah, it's it's like it's like an experience. It's it's like um, you know, some kind of you know, I don't like to get into hokey, you know, spiritual stuff, but it's like on that level where, you know, it really a live show by them is I mean, it takes you it takes you to a high you know, being. It, it, it's insane. <laughs> well, Speaking of uh, live shows, just a few nights ago, saw Warrant again for the umpteenth time. Umpteenth. Yes. Actually, I don't know what the teen. I know I'm in the teens, like higher teens now, getting there. You've got me beat, yeah. but I'm you're probably I'm, around ten or. Yeah, I'm up 12. there too. Yeah, and we uh, basically just reached out to Joey Allen and said, "Hey, would you be willing to be on our podcast?" And he responded and said, "Yes." So. It just worked out, you know, we we're kind of fortunate because this was, you know, when we, we've only been doing this a few months and we started and, you know, we had a list of people we thought it'd be cool to eventually get on. And of course, someone from Warrant was on that list because yes. that's, you know, when you go back and into our history of being music fans, <laughs> that's kind of where it began, you know, you know, for me at least, and I know you were the same way. You yeah. got, Oh yeah, for sure. You jumped into the. You know, the thrash metal end a little quicker than I did mm-hmm. and went that route. But both of us kind of started in the late 80s yes. with, you know, with the Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Warrant, Poison, Guns N' Roses, that whole vein of music. And Warrant was right up there for both of us. I think you know, so. Once, you know, Heaven and Down Boys were out and then Cherry Pie came out and all that stuff. And then both of us, that was the first concert that our parents let us go to. That's right. We went to... The Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour, which was... Warrant, Warrant. Trickster, and Firehouse, baby. Yes. And, you know, I love Glam then, love it now. Yes. And Warrant's one of those bands that has never... They never broke up, you know. They stayed... You know, they had lineup changes there in the late 90s and early 2000s. And then after Janie Lane left, or I guess Eric and Jerry and Steven got rid of Janie, right? And then they got... Jamie St. James, and then that's kind of Joey Allen. Well, Joey Allen already came back at that point, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's, you know, there's been different versions. You know, they had their al- a couple of, you know, the albums in between that time, and then the Jamie St. James album, and then Born Again. Yes. Which we both liked. It was a great Oh, album. yeah, it was a good album. And then you jump forward to 2011, which was when they put out Rockaholic with the current lineup, which is the four original members with Robert Mason on vocals. Yes. And what a humdinger this motherfucking album is. Yes. Let me tell you. Yeah, this is no question up, you know, it's right up there with the first three, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we both like, like we said, Born Again and Ultraphobic, but this is back on another level. Yeah. You know. Yep. And it's just full of great songs, well-written songs, and... You know, I kind of liked whenever I found out Robert Mason was going to be in the band, I was excited because I was already a fan of this guy. It wasn't someone I had to discover yeah. the first time I heard him. Yeah, you, you knew it was up. Yeah, I mean, from the second Lynch Mob album, and then, you know, I listened to that Cry Love album he did, but I never really got much into the later Cry Love stuff. But then there was his band Big Cock, which we saw at yes. Rocklahoma, and that's just a... That was insane. Yeah, that's just an insane rock and roll you know, what's the word, debauch, debauchery fest, you know? Yeah. It's just one of those, you know, just 
great party rock and roll music, which is what Warren is, and why this is a perfect fit. Yes. Because Robert Mason has a high-quality voice that is never, he's taken care of, it's never, you know, it's never not been at a high level. Yeah. And we've seen him live with Warrant now several times, and all these songs sound great. The new stuff, the old stuff, whatever. It, it's just, you know, I can't not say enough good things about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, and before I forget, let me just talk about Big Cock for a minute. We saw them at Rocklahoma, like, late at night after all the bands, all the big bands had played, and there's just like, it was one of those big tents. Right. And I don't know why, I could be wrong, but I just remember... There, whatever it was, it was just like a dirt floor. It was outside in an area of just like dirt, and it was dusty. And Robert Mason was singing his fucking ass off at like two in the morning. And you know, I can just imagine with all the shit going on in the air that had to be hell on his voice. And he did it anyways, and he sounded amazing. And this, this guy's voice is a powerhouse. Uh, I just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, warrant for me. All those bands of that time, and I always, I'm always, I don't know, you tell me, but I'm always conflicted. Glam bands, hair bands, what's what's a, a derogatory term and what's an acceptable term? I don't know, because, you know, some of these bands to me are more than just a glam band, you know? A, a glam band to me is like fucking Pretty Boy Floyd. Nah, I don't want to fucking, you know, this is, this is to me, it's like just more like, astute rock and roll you know but that came but that came from that era i don't know i might be talking out of my ass at this point but what i'm getting to is those kind of bands warrant poison slaughter firehouse rat you know winger trickster uh those were the bands that you know i cut my teeth on and they were you know they were the entrance into uh, the whole rock and metal world. They were my first steps towards other things. And when those bands weren't fashionable anymore, and people, you know, and people threw them away, you know, I never did. We never did. Because I still liked the music, and I still remembered what those bands opened me up to. And I wasn't, I wasn't going to let it go. And we caught a lot of shit for it. Right. And we didn't give two fucks. Right. Uh, you know, I I see no problem with being a fan of Slayer and Warrant. And that's what I am. And I don't give a shit. So, and Warrant was always my favorite one. You know, I, I love Jenny Lane's voice. Um, they had, you know, the catchy stuff. They were fun. Uh, you know, as a 14-year-old kid, they were... You know, in the late 80s, early 90s, they were everything you'd need. <clears throat> um, I liked Down Boys. I liked, you know, Heaven and all that. And Cherry Pie was cool. And I think the song that really got it going for me was Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uh, and then, you know, I picked up the album and just got into it, memorized it, went back and got the first album, uh, you know, 32 Pennies, In the Sticks, Big Talk. I mean, I fucking love that shit. The big Talk is one of my favorites. Um, and then and you have all that. And then they drop the bomb that's called Dog Eat Dog. And fucking blew it open. This was, I think it's such a fucking shame that this album didn't 
catch on as much as it should, you know, because of the you know, the incoming uh, shift in you know musical tastes and you know all that kind of stuff. This album was so overlooked. It, it's it's heavier. It's darker. Um, you know, it, it's just it's raw, uh, and you know it's just criminal that you know this album didn't get its just due. Uh, so there's that. Um, I, I liked, I really liked Born Again. I liked the Jamie St. James era. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, and this isn't a bad thing. Sometimes that guy's lyrics kind of had me scratching my head, <laughs> but whatever. I thought there's some insane, you know, there's some catchy stuff in there. Uh, but Rockaholic, it was such a return to form. Uh, you know, it's good time, fast driving songs, uh, with with Robert Mason's powerhouse vocals. Um, there there's some insane guitar work. Uh, it was just uh, it was so good to to see these guys, you know, uh, get get uh, get back to just writing the ship and you know, uh, as we say in the interview, a well oiled machine, and uh, you know. Uh, they're working on some new stuff, and I can only imagine it's going to be just as good. Yeah. Yeah, he said they hope to have their next album out by, you know, what do you say, late spring, early summer next year? Yeah. If everything goes as planned. Yeah. And he does mention the fact that they're hoping to get Michael Wagner, who produced Dog Eat Dog. Yeah, so, that, that would be amazing. So that could be a, you know, not a sign they're going to, like, shift back to that sound, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's always good, you know, to have someone that's familiar with your work, especially what we consider their their highest point. Yeah. You know, so that could be a yeah. a great thing. And Joey also mentioned that he's, you know, not going to just give everything away, but he also mentioned that he might be doing some solo work, which would be in the heavier vein. So that's another thing to look Way, way, to. way down the line, though. Yeah. Yeah, not like working on it now, but at the possibilities down the line. Yeah. And, and also, uh, you know, let me just take the time to say that uh, Joey was uh, super nice, super cool, uh, very accommodating, uh, very uh, uh, an extremely gracious host. Uh, you know, you couldn't ask for, you know, he, he, he made it, you know, he made us feel like we were, you know, like he was lucky to be with us when really we were lucky to be in there. He he really went out of his way to be fucking cool as hell. Um, you know, we got to meet Robert Mason very briefly. He was personable, uh, you know, very outgoing. And uh, it was just a great experience all around. And we're very thankful and grateful to the Warrant Camp for the opportunity. Yes. We met up with him at their gig in Shawnee the other day. And... We had a great chat, like we said, so let's go ahead and get into this. Fucking turn me back into fucking aggro, man. You're Mahalo Joe now, dude. Yeah, Mahalo Joe. Did you get that all week? Just Mahalo. Thank you, What are you doing? 
Robert was texting me pictures of different cocktails from Waikiki, and I was texting him beers at like 10 a.m. Yeah, really, yeah, then I have enough since five. That means yeah, I was up at five. I was up at five thirty, four thirty, or five every day. Oh, if I can get some of their picks, I'll get some. Get some. Kips knows where my picks are. Yeah, get me, get me one each. Get me, get me a few of each for my kid. I spilled earlier too. That's a fucking criminal thing. Criminal offense. <laughs> all right. So you guys playing in Hawaii, or we just? No, we took. We've been on the road all summer long, so we needed to decompress. And that's a good place to do it. I took my son and wife there, and he took his wife there, and we were literally 20 minutes from each other, and we didn't see each other. <laughs> well, you see him enough, you know. Yeah, right. I just saw him for the first time in two weeks. Hey, bro. Nice. So. So you, these are fly-ins, right? Yeah, all and, of them are. And yeah, and how how does that work with all the gear and stuff? All, I've always wondered. There's a backline writer for promoters, and they just have to have certain things here. We travel with guitars and, and pedal boards and amps. You know, so the drums are all. He doesn't yeah, have his own yeah. Set. This is our backline company, our agent's backline company. It's his symbols, but he doesn't have a kid at our backline company. He just gets at his house. I think he's only got one or two kids right now. Do you work for, for Pearl? Yes, I do. So, like, how does a, a guitarist end up working for Pearl? Are Bribery. Just... Oh, okay. No. Um, are we on? So yeah. We're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 2005, Pearl Drum, Pearl Corporation, took on distribution of a, of a German ampline called Hughes & Kettner from St. Wendel, Germany. Really high end, and um, they reached out to me. I've got friends at a lot of companies, as you would suspect, because we've done this since Jesus was a baby, right? <laughs> so, um, one of my good buddies over at Pearl reached out to me because I've got a got an engineering degree. I used to build prototype amps at Jackson Charvel in the mid '80s when Grover Jackson owned it. Um, so they wanted me to come in, and we talked about being product specialist. I wanted a sales gig because it was on the West Coast, and it just worked out. And I got the sales gig for Amps, and I did that for about three years for Pearl. And then they stopped distribution of using Kettner, and I moved over to the drum side, got an opportunity, and I've been with them for 10 years. So it's kind of music 24-7 for me. Yeah. You know, but it's also, um, is this all we got? That's okay. Well, all right. All right. That's cool. Okay. God bless you. Um <laughs> um so yeah i've been bl i blessed to be able to do music 24 7 i just don't get a lot of sleep right that's why i went to um hawaii for a little time with my family because basically we get we fly out thursday nights friday night gig if we have to fly to a saturday gig or drive to a saturday gig we do it then we fly home sunday and monday at 5 30 i'm on the line with pearl because pearl's headquartered in nashville so wow yeah <laughs> Were you, uh, do you play drums or is it just Very poorly. Oh, okay. Everybody at Pearl stops me when I get on a drum kit. They say you can sell them. You can sell them, but don't play them. Yeah. Oh, man. You know? Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a great gig, great company, uh, great products. Been around for 70 years next year, so I've been with them for a little over a tenth of that, you know? Yeah. Having a good time. Until somebody gets hurt. <laughs> right, well, you've been with uh, with Robert now for about six years. Seven. He just seven. hit a seven-year anniversary. Yeah. So what uh, what do you see him bringing different than Janie or James St. James brought to the band? 
Oh, that's a loaded question. Well, you know. I mean, besides sobriety, you know, which is a big thing when you want to sound good. Um, and, 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 look, Lane, Lane, when Lane was on and he was at the top of his game, he was great, amazing. Probably one of the best guys out there if you lump him with Brett and Vince and all those other guys as far as his songwriter, frontman, singer. Um, but, you know, obviously we had some problems with that through the years. So Robert's just like a machine. You know, he takes it very seriously. He takes care of his body, his throat. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a drink here or there, you know, to have a little good time and relax. But he's just the consummate professional musician, probably more than anybody else in this band, I would think. Because <laughs> I think about it. I mean, if you just got to play, what yeah. are you going to do? You're, gonna, you're not going to fuck up your fingers unless you put yeah. them in a meat grinder, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But he's got, he's got the instruments, you know, here, so... He's uh and he's a bro, you know. He's 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 just narcissistic enough to be really good and not an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the key. You got to find that line. The line we found it. Robert Mason. We're cloning him, and we will have uh, Robert Mason clones and and all the bands that can't seem to tour like Rat and Poison and no. Anyways, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Rat or I don't know Rat. Well, that, yeah. you know that was one Rat of with the... everybody but Robin. You know. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things. Uh, I mean, from an outsider's point, I mean, just, you know, a fan, you guys really seem like, a, at this point, a well-oiled machine. And, like, with a, like you said, professional, the goal. And it's cool to see that because there's, you know, I think there's, what, five rats now and, you know, three It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. We, and we've been there. So, we, yeah. we know just, you know, probably more than than anybody what it's like to have it splintered and have guys not perform i mean the bottom line is this it's not about us as much as it is about the people that come to see and you owe them a certain amount of professionalism and and um that's really what it boils down to and when you've got a guy in a band that that hampers that you know it's like being in any business with somebody that just holds you back and you're like shit you know yeah and then on the same side you know when it gets to the guys that have you know a struggle with substance um you try to help because you you care about the people and if you can't help that's duly is frustrating so now you got you're frustrated playing and you're frustrated personally and it's just a big burden to carry around and and i think we just you know we're we are a well-oiled machine because everybody gives a shit yeah Yeah. enough you know um what is what it boils down to but we're having a good time man still get along and yeah, it's amazing. Was Robert a guy you guys kept in touch with? Because we saw you on the, the Doggy Dog Tour with Lynch Mob opening. Yes. So was that just we something ran it. he was in the back of your mind already? Or? No, if he would have been, we probably would have got him before. We probably would have got him when Saint came in the band. But I don't think he was on the radar, you know. And he was only not on the radar because nobody knew where the hell he was. And right. He kind of, you know, it's like, it's like um, you know, when you – get divorced from a you know a girl and then you just you don't go looking for the hot chick you knew like two years ago you just take what what's around you know what i mean so i mean not to belittle jamie st james a great guy great singer we had a great time together and that was a great record i like yeah born again's cool and and um but robert's just a better fit and he really didn't come around until we were on the reunion tour with lane and i bumped into him at a gig at rocklahoma they were in oklahoma so Prior Oklahoma, I ran into him the day before we played, I think in 2007. Was the right year? 
with Lane. Was he playing with Big Cock? Yes, he was there yeah. playing with Big Cock. That was I, saw I did like that. The, was nice. I did the horrible thing of he was hanging with his band, and I saw him, and I knew we were having problems, and I literally went and, and pulled him away from his band. Wow. <laughs> and I said, you know, at the time, hey, we're having problems on this reunion tour. If it doesn't work out, are you interested? And he said, yeah. And we did the digit thing, and and it happened. Unfortunately, unfortunately, at the same time, I mean, nobody wants to see what happened to Janie happen, but. It was well beyond our means to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's unfortunate. Well, you gave another shot, and that's all you can do, right? Yeah, I mean, a, a great right. shot, too, you know? Yeah. Life's full of second chances, but it's not full of third chances, right. you know? <laughs> third chances are like winning the lottery, really, if you think about it. What do you guys have? Are you working, or is there plans for follow-up to Rockaholic? We're working on it right now. Really? Nice. Yes. What's the, nice. How far along is that? Are you, it's in the infant. Or just uh, no, well, everybody's got home studios. So everybody's got ideas floating out there. There's a big suppository or depository. I guess it wouldn't be suppository, <laughs> would it? That would mean our songs are up our ass. There's a big depository of music ideas from Jerry, Eric. I've got a few in there. Robert's got a few. And we're waiting until this tour kind of winds down to really dig in and probably turn out really you know about 10 good rock songs do a full full length record 2016 maybe in the spring it'll be out yeah looking for a producer been talking to michael wagner who did doggy dog really yeah trying to schedules are crazy yeah i I bet you wouldn't think people are still busy but michael's busy up through may of next year wow so we'll see what we can do we love michael he's a great guy to work with oh yeah yeah doggy dog's my one of my like top 10 of all time Thank you, man. I we had a great time making that record. The band was mature, and the the song matter was killer. And Michael was a fucking monster in the studio. I mean, he's just great. So, yeah, yeah that was um, that that record was like okay, here they are. Yeah, you know? yeah, we were produced yeah. a little better than yeah. the first two. A little more fucking around now. Yeah, yeah, there was more guitars in the mix and. You know, not to take away from what Bo Hill did. Bo Hill did what he did the first two records, but they were pretty heavily vocal and drum-oriented. Yeah. You know. Right on. Coming from me. What are you, like, the five albums you play on, what do you think would be your favorite? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I really liked Rockaholic because it's kind of just gave us fresh blood, you know? like a transfusion um, and I love playing with Robert so that's one of the top ones and then probably Dog Eat Dog so it's a toss up between those two nice. you know, Dog Eat Dog was just so much fun to make and it's heavier I like heavier stuff yeah yeah. They come from like Priest and Maiden you know Sabbath there you go you like the new Maiden I haven't heard it yet okay. I'm okay. slow to I just got Heaven and Hell's live record for 2011. Oh man! Okay, well, that's in my head. Every everywhere I fly, I'm just listening to Ronnie James Dio sing his ass off. And yeah, well, Scott Warren's on that record too, and Scott Warren was our keyboard player on Cherry Pie. Wow! So he played with Heaven and Hell and Dio forever. But so that's that's like, you know, I'm wearing that out right now. So I'll get around to the Maiden. I love Maiden. We'll get back with you on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm looking around. I, I would assume this is the room that you do the VIPs in and stuff. This is our dressing room. Oh, okay, okay. Although we do not dress in our dressing okay. room. Uh-huh. You know. We're at a casino, so we'll just roll down ready to go. And, <laughs> um, so I don't know if it's here or somewhere yeah. else, but we do, yeah, we do meet and greets. I was, was going to ask, because me and him were talking about a different, uh, separate occasion. Have you, have you had anyone that comes in with, like, something nuts to sign? Something crazy or, like, a ton of shit? Yeah, I met some, some Chris Jericho do. when someone brought in like twenty. I'm not exaggerating, a duffel bag full of twenty five things. Oh wow! To have him sign, and it was all wrestling related, even though it was at his right. concert. You know. Did he sign it all? Yeah, he was cool about it. He said, "Wait over here until everybody else is done, then I'll get you in." You know, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> you know, you hope that those people—that's something that they want to—they want to have. If it's people that that's not trying to resell. You yeah, know. it's kind of silly, you know. And I understand people try to make a buck, but. We like to take care of our fans. Our fans have taken care of us for, God, a long time. Yeah. You know, so we do as much of that as possible. We do meet and greets. Um, you know, just the other day, we were flying out of LAX and TMZ showed up and some guys with some signs. It was hilarious. We're just kind of mellow dudes, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you just want to take care of the people that have been supportive. Absolutely. It's crazy stuff to sign. Babies are crazy. What? No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to sign a baby. That's a little... I think that's the first I've heard of that. First you go, is it mine? And they go, no. And you're like, all right. <laughs> the question is, where do you sign it on the, where on the yeah, baby? Yeah, you're thinking I'm going to give this poor kid ink shock, you know? It weighs 12 pounds. That's just bizarre, you know? I mean, body parts are body parts, but um, babies are a trip. So that's kind of got to be one. Here, Here, sign my baby. It happens, bro. <laughs> it is what it is, right? Nice, nice. Did you do anything uh, music the, the 10 years you were out of the band? I jammed with some guys and did some kind of like power punk stuff down in Orange County, California, where I grew up. But I didn't really get started. You know, I was kind of just going through a personal, whatever you want to call it, reinvention, you know. And uh, But I've got stuff out there that maybe one day... I'll put enough of it together to do an EP or maybe even a long, you know, a long record, but not until this next Warrant record's done. Right. Yeah. You know? And it'll be heavier than something Warrant would do, I would think. It won't be lighter, for sure. So, Were, Like, both you and Steven left kind of around the same time and came back kind of around the same time? Yep. Were the circumstances the same for both of you? No, leaving, or, I got frustrated, and I was in hell anyways it was what we call the dark years and I just split I quit it's like see ya you know self preservation mode whatever it is and then Steven just kind of went away and then when it came back around like about eight years later you know I had kept in touch with Jerry and Eric through the years and you know and Eric reached out we started jamming again and because Lane was out and um and we just got, and I had fun. Yeah. You know, if it's fun, then when you watch it, it's fun. Right. If you're up there hating it and just doing it for a paycheck and mailing it in, then it's, you know, it sucks. And that's what I was doing at the end when I left in like 95 or whatever I did, 96. Um, but it's fun, and it's still fun now, like 11 years later. I've been in the band longer this time than I was the first time. Really? <laughs> yeah, the that's first awesome. time was like eight years. <laughs> Yeah. Eight or nine years now I've been in 11, so. Yeah. Got to do things for the right reason, you know. Right. Did you keep, well, you said you kept in touch. Did you go years without seeing 
Eric or Jerry or Steven? Not a lot. I mean, Steven maybe more than Eric and Jerry, but if they'd come around and play, I'd go to a gig every once in a while, maybe get up on Cherry Pie. I did that a few times when Rick Steer was in the band and James Kotak. Um, But, you know, it just is what it is. I mean, people do different things in life. You know, I've known Eric since I was 18 or 19. I've known Jerry, you know, probably since I was like 25 or 26. Steven the same. So Eric and I go way back pre-warrant um, so you, you have good relationships with people it doesn't mean you hate one another or it's just a personal decision yeah. you know what I mean yeah I call it self-preservation <laughs> <laughs> so coming back into it were you rusty at all did it take a little bit fuck to... yeah I had to look <laughs> yeah can Practice we say fuck a little bit <laughs> yes good yes. um yeah oh fuck I <laughs> I had to look at videos and sit down and relearn shit you don't play it for that long. You have, you know, yeah. you want to do the right thing. So, so it's just you, like anything you do. Yeah. You know, you gotta like. You might be a best BMXer, but if you get off of it for a few years, you gotta, you know, start slow to get back into it. Get yeah. your memory back, muscle memory, and all that shit. Yeah. You're on YouTube, going, what the fuck did I play there? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just played it there. Oh, oh, okay. Seriously. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, huh? Are there songs that you're I mean, you hear people saying they're tired of playing songs. You don't want to say you're tired of playing the hits or anything, but are there songs that you never get tired of playing? Um, I don't really get tired of playing. The only time I was tired of playing any songs was the day before I left for Hawaii this year. <laughs> all of I was walking around stage going, aloha, bro. I mean, in between songs, I'd go over to Jerry and go, aloha. You know, I'm yeah. fucking checked out. Um <laughs> But no, not really. I mean, all the songs, you know, there's memories for all those songs, either where we recorded them, what was going on at the time, when they were written, when we rehearsed them. There's memories of all of that stuff, and they're all fond, you know. Um, so I don't really tire of... What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite song? No. No. Well, I, you know, I like... You know, it's like picking your favorite kid, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of tough. We've seen you guys quite a bit since Mason's been in the band. And I always like how, you know, you change the set list up a little bit or you change some order of the songs. You keep hits in there, too. But, right. You know, we saw you in Picola um, a month oh, ago. Oh, okay, yeah. You guys, that's when we tried to do and, this. For uh, yeah, happen, right? and, you know, you had two new songs, which is awesome. You yeah, know? you'll probably see... We usually do a set, like, for a few months. Uh-huh. You know, and then we'll bump something in or out. But next year, hopefully, you know, when we get the new record out, we'll probably play a tune or two off that, keep mm-hmm. a rockaholic song in there, and maybe we'll pull something different in from different in from Dog Eat Dog or yeah. play something deeper off one of the first two records, like, I don't know, you know Cold Sweat or You're the Only Hell or something, yeah. you, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just, it's all, you know, what people want to hear, basically. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I saw you a few years ago when you played Riding High, and I thought that was cool. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we played Hole in My Wall off Dog Eat Dog. We played Bonfire. We played April 2031 a while ago. Really? Wow. Yeah, some deep shit, right? <laughs> Actually, that's the kind of shit you have to go back and relearn. <laughs> yeah. You know? I had that in my notes. I was like, you realize we're only like 15 years from that now? Or? Oh, shit. So, like, do you think all that shit's going to come true? I think it's kind of <laughs> happening. Depends right. on where you live. <laughs> You live in the Middle East, you're probably thinking, okay, you're yeah. yeah, you're there. I don't know, I, you know, I don't know. It's uh, hopefully mankind gets kinder, Yeah. right? Because yeah. it's a little weird right now, that's for yeah. sure. No kidding. No kidding. 
Yeah. I was going to ask you who designs your show posters because they're all really cool and it seem like they kind of yeah. theme it around the area or the city or. Yeah, well, you know what this one is for this show is that 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 bike rider, that guy's from Shawnee. What is it? Shawnee. 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 I'm sorry. I'm f- I don't even know where I'm at. It's okay. um, but Oklahoma. he's from here. Yeah, he's okay. from this city. Okay. So the guy who designs him, a guy named Kevin Gudat, he works for Deadline Media. He's a great artist and a friend of the band's. I'm really tight with Eric, but everybody loves him, and he just does a fabulous job on all that. And then our buddy Chris Beal uh, prints all that stuff up for us. He actually sat in when Steven got his rotator cuff surgery. Chris was playing drums with us. It's a great drummer. In fact, if I do solo stuff, it'll probably be with Chris. You know, he's a good dude. So those guys help us out. But yeah, Kevin Gudat. Right on. Yeah. You said earlier you were into like heavier stuff. Is there any like newer, heavier bands you're digging on? I don't get into the new stuff. I just get the old stuff. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm, <laughs> dude. I'm 51, yeah. and like, you know. I just look, I'm like, I, you know, and what's funny is I listen to stuff like Joe Jackson or, yeah. you know, I just got the knack, like get the knack. I just downloaded that through or got that on my iTunes and because I listened to that record when I was a kid, yeah. you know, so there's a pretty wide variety of stuff I listen to, but new stuff, I, I, we just met up with the guys from Yellow Card. They're not really new and they're kind of that pop punk stuff. Oh, yeah. So I got their CD. They gave me a, oh, yeah. their most recent, you know. So stuff like that, but if I don't, yeah. I don't, I mean, radio's not the way it used to be. No, it's definitely not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> it's just, it just is what it is. Yeah. And I don't watch TV. I watch cartoons. I got a three-year-old son and a 24-year-old daughter. <laughs> nice. Yes, that's a gap. Yeah. Listen to Steven in there noodling. Yes. No. Um, but yeah, so not a lot of new stuff. Right on. Well, that's all right. Well, speaking of old stuff, are there bands that you guys toured with back? Do you have a favorite tour or anything, or a band that you toured with? I mean, whether you were not opening really. or they were opening? No, not really. Was everyone cool? You don't have anyone that like? No, there's always dicks or whatever. Dude, there's so many. <laughs> I'm a dick. Everybody's a dick. Everybody's a dick in this industry. Everybody's. To a point. Everybody's been a dick. I'm sure you haven't always been a nice guy, you know? He hasn't, believe me. I mean, we've all got our days, and and for the most part, every time we went on tour with a band, if we were opening or they were opening, we had a good time, you know? Cool. Um, we still play with some of our guys that we used to tour with back in the day, and they're all, everybody's cool, yeah. you know? I mean, we play with Brett, or we play with Firehouse, or Vince does a solo run, and we play with him. Everybody's like, hey, bro, what's up? It's just, you know what yeah, I mean? That's, yeah. You know, everybody's cool, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first show both of us ever went to was the, the Firehouse Trickster Warren. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think he's... Yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was a good show. And that then was me and my, as hell. Uh, me and my girlfriend drove to, to Dallas when you guys did that, like, was that three years ago, the 21st anniversary of it? Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would have been 2012, yeah. Yeah, Cherry Pie just turned 25. Yeah. Um, on nine eleven of all days. Yeah. yeah. Should have known. Yeah. We were doomed from the get-go. Um, no, hey, That's I mean, my birthday, so I'm really doomed. I got married on that day. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I don't know, dude. Um, like a current marriage? Or yeah, a, yeah, okay, my so, second one. So the one that's working. I, God bless my ex-wife. She's cool. We were just young. Um, but, yeah, I love my wife and my family. I'm really mellow and 
quiet about all that. I don't post family crap. I'm just a private yeah. guy. Yeah. But I got a cool, cool setup. Got a good family, and things are mellow. And I, I'm blessed to be able to come out and play music. You know. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, you got anything else? No, I, we covered it all. Right my notes, so. Drink our beers. We're fucking done. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> right on. We'll enjoy tonight. Yeah. We you guys got tickets it. and everything? You good? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. just going to okay. get them at the door. Yeah. Okay. I can put you on the list. We don't have a big list. Just write your name down and I'll add it to our list. Okay. Cool. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. That way I'll have to spend five beer or more beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. There you have it. Our chat with Joey Allen of Warrant. Once again, we were... Very thankful he took the time to do it with us, and we thought it went pretty well, and we're excited to be able to bring that to you on the Thunder Underground podcast. That's right. We were, uh, you know, at at times uh, I I really wanted to geek out, but I held it in. And, uh, you know, also, by the way, the whole where do you sign the baby thing, I wasn't (laughs) trying to be a perv. You brought that up because your fucking mind's in the gutter, Trent. So you deal with that. Hey, I got nothing on that. (laughs) Well, it was a great interview and it was a great time. So there you go. Yes. Yes. Like we said earlier, check out Rockaholic if you hadn't. And you like, if you just like good time rock and roll, hard rock music, you'll like it. Yes. You know, it's, it's classic hard rock and roll. That's all you can say. And look forward to hearing the new stuff and you can check them out. They're on... You know, they're on all the social medias, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and online. Check them out and see if they're coming to a town near you soon. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing is, uh, you know, Thursday to Sunday, Friday to Sunday, every weekend it seems like they're somewhere. Yeah. So, so you should be able to check them out. Yeah. And then check us out online at thethunderunderground.com. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, all at The Thunder Underground, all one word. And then you can check us out on Twitter at T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R Ground. And, of course, on SoundCloud, which is where this is hosted, at Thunder-Underground. And until next week, you got anything else you want to say? Hey, we'll go. I'll go ahead and say it since it's recorded. Go ahead and say it. Our next, next week, our interview will be with Sid Falk. The not the original drummer, but one of the original drummer was Rat Skates of Overkill. Yes, but he's from the classic lineup that that most people hold dear to their hearts of Overkill. Uh, that's right. And this this one was uh, this one was a good one. It's a two parter. Yeah, it's two parter because uh, it was quite long. Yes, and... get comfy, grab a cold beer and a chair, and uh, you know this will be a good one next week. Yeah, if, if you're a fan of thrash metal or and you're probably a fan of Overkill. How could you not be? True. And this guy's one of the top best drummers in thrash metal history, so, you know, definitely look forward to hearing this. I look forward to listening to it back, you know, so it's... That's right. It's going to be a good time, and we've also got other great ones coming up. We've got one of Scattered Hamlet, and we've got some other ones down the line, so keep tuning back in. We appreciate you doing it. Until next time. See you later. (laughs) 